go. Hey, what's going on? It's Wednesday, so it's time for a random encounter. I'm Dan, joined as always by Mex. Yep. And Steve. Hi. Hi. Shit. So, Mex. Yes. I've been noticing a, an uptick in uh, streams out of you this week. Yes, I've so been streaming a lot of Pokemon. Uh, Pokemon I know Let's the viewers go. Are, are thrilled or are excited to find out what's the hour total up to. Um, I'm honestly not sure, but I think it's somewhere in the range of like 190 hours. You haven't clicked over 200 yet? Uh, I don't think pace, so. Your pace seems to be I'm, coming down a little bit. Um, I think I'm still averaging like seven hours a day, which is pretty high. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no. You know, I'm still going strong. I've caught uh, over half the Pokedex in Shinies, so uh, I'm pretty happy about that. So you're not doing them in order anymore, correct? Or oh, is no, I, still... yeah, I still am. So I'm just going in order of like their Pokemon number in the Pokedex. Now, are you uh, like avoiding... Like if, if one it's a higher number pops, are you taking it or Yeah, yeah. Dude, oh, okay. it takes like an average That's... of three to four hours to see the Pokemon you want. So yeah, hey, I'm I didn't, taking I didn't anything. Know, I didn't I know see. how dedicated to the yes. No, to I the mean I'm not gonna pass up like a Mewtwo just to uh you know, wait until I'm at a hundred and you know, forty nine or whatever. <laughs> no, that would be insane. Absolutely insane. Next playthrough, next playthrough, you'll do yeah. that, right? Yeah, that'll be hard mode, I guess. Steve, how you doing this week? Uh, not bad. I uh, haven't had a ton of time to play games, so a little bit more Dung Greed. Uh, I have one more uh, grind to level 30 before I max out on the five um, like resets. And I accidentally down... Well... It, w it was out of anger. I uh, wound up downloading a virus on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> Were you looking at porn again? No. Um, in Dungreed, part of the like end game stuff is you find a guy who unlocks challenge modes and certain floors. And the very first one is supposedly the most difficult one. And it's a fucking um, like avoidance challenge where you have to like avoid all the spikes all the buzz saws and just navigate to the end and it was absolutely infuriating and i hate it uh, like i just want to do combat i want to kill stuff i don't want to sit there and do a fucking their version of super meat boy so i got really upset and i tried to download a trainer and uh i'm pretty well versed in trainers but uh i just did i was pretty blindly like i just want to get through this fucking thing give me infinite life and i downloaded just a bad exe and infected my computer so uh, i had to spend some time and undo that get it all cleaned up and sorted out uh and i just abandoned i'm not doing any of the challenges but i'm just gonna finish up whatever i have left other than that um i got a little bit more back into standard and magic yeah uh, oh yeah uh, not MTG Arena because I don't want to fuck around trying to unlock cards more tapped out. So there's a card that's been playing on my mind. That uh -oh. it's not Steve, really that I think good, we lost your camera. I really wanted to build a deck out of it, and it's the um, Fountain of Renewal, the one that just gives you one life every turn. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I was like, I, I really think that there's a handful of cards that you could make 
a life gain themed deck because there's a couple of really strong ones like the yeah there's uh, that cat that gets plus one plus one each time yeah and i, I lost um, both of your cameras actually gets super bonkers uh when you play with it in certain um certain instances like i didn't realize that for every creature you have that has life gain or lifelink when they activate that thing gets a plus one plus one for each and every one so and the same thing with fountain maybe it's me maybe discord hates me um hold on doing a little uh it work here i guess um We're going to try this again real quick. Video. You know, we've been doing this for like a month and a half. I feel like this shouldn't be happening anymore, but... Uh... I don't know if it's uh, the internet or what. I had trouble with the internet a couple days ago when I was uh, streaming Pokemon. It was really weird because um, I could use the streaming software and like I was obviously streaming over the internet, but none of the internet actually worked in my house. Like I couldn't even use my computer to uh, like search on the internet, but I was still streaming. It was very, very weird. Um, and I don't know if the same kind of thing is going on right now. But uh, I guess they're still talking to each other and aren't reading what I'm typing here. So that's not exactly helpful. Hey, leave the call. Reconnect. So yeah, a couple uh, technical difficulties. We're going to edit this out, you know, but in the meantime, um, we're going to uh, try to get this back up and running. Okay, so there's me. Hello. I don't have your audios now. Okay, this is fantastic. Mute, unmute, try again, speak. No, I don't hear you. Um, okay. I see you pointing and that you're talking to each other, but I cannot hear you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know exactly how to get our audio back. Let's see what happens when I unplug this and plug it back in. But, oh, no, wait, that's like my, uh, my monitor there. Hold on. Let me switch some stuff over. Uh, let's switch it over in discord here. It's all right. We didn't have anybody besides the five people that were watching before. Okay. 
We're good. Hi. Hey. Yes. We're yes. back. You're getting a little sneak preview into how do we make this whole show happen because you can see in the little windows like yeah. what's happening in the background. Yeah, we use Discord. Yep. Anyways, uh, Steve was was saying about uh, his life game deck, and I think the moral of the story was it that it's not any good. No, uh, I don't have the encyclopedic knowledge of all of the card sets that I really need to to build something that cohesive. So I'm putting it through trial by fire where I'm just going to grind it a bunch of other decks and be like, okay, I really miss this or that. Like the only removal I actually have in there, despite white having a shit ton and black is the very cheapest one I could get where it's like a black and a colorless to destroy any non-legendary creature, which is really good. Until somebody plays like a Niv Mizzet, and I'm like, oh, I, I got nothing I can do. <laughs> well, uh, that and I've got like two cleansing Novas, which arguably are better. Well, Settle the Wreckage is better, but uh, I kind of wanted to go for like a mid range deck, and I'm pretty sure if I put two or four of those in, it's going to give me a, a third price tag on the price of my deck in Tapped Out, and I'm trying to play it against other like one and two dollar sign decks. So uh, plus a giant wave of potential enchantment removal since I don't have any of that either. Mm -hmm. Good, good. Well, I've been uh, pretty much grinding away at Super Smash Brothers and I finally unlocked all the characters like 20 hours later. That's just too many. That's too many hours to unlock all the characters in a game. I understand that uh, it probably gives some people a reason to play the game to get everybody unlocked, but I just wanted to play. I just wanted to get online with all the characters and try them out. And... Well, twenty hours is a lot shorter than you should be doing it. Well, if you play the the spirit mode, the the light, what the, I can't even remember the name of it. Something a light mode, it's like sixty or seventy hours it takes to beat that whole thing. And, Luckily, they give you multiple different ways to unlock the characters. So my method of starting a match, uh, quitting out of the game, going into a new match, jumping off the side of the cliff, you know, immediately getting encountered by the next uh, person to fight was has worked out quite well. Yeah, but, I still uh, have to uh, rematch Jigglypuff, so I can actually play the game. Have you even put it back on no. since? No. I didn't think so. See, the problem is, <laughs> we're going to go back to Pokemon. You have yeah. a catch uh, combo to get your shinies. You can put your uh, switch into sleep mode and it'll save that combo. But as soon as you close the Pokemon program, you lose the combo. You got to have your priorities in line. Yeah, so I don't want to close Pokemon to play something else or else I'm going to have to uh, spend half an hour to get my catch combo back up. Well, I mean, it's, that's, it's understandable. Well... Steve, you're saying that you uh, didn't have the encyclopedia knowledge to build a good magic deck that you would require. And Max and I played a game that plays very nicely into not wanting to build decks. We played Keyforge this yes. weekend. Yes, I love it. Max cheats. I don't cheat, but uh, I love it for a number of reasons. Um, basically, it's a good mixture of magic and Hearthstone, if you ever played Hearthstone. Um, and I say that because it takes a lot of the mechanics from both and it kind of mashes them together. Um, so what I really like about Keyforge is, um, A, you don't have to build a deck like you guys were talking about. It's a 37-card pre-made deck that you're not allowed to switch out any of the cards. You have to play as it comes in the package. So there's no thinking about, oh, you know, this card kind of sucks. I'm going to take it out. No, you got to play with it. You got to use it. 
Um, second thing I like about it is, like, you as players, you don't have life total. Like, the point of the game isn't to attack each other. It's to forge these three keys. And basically, you use your creatures as either clearing out uh, your opponent's creatures or gaining um, the resource that you need to forge these keys. Um, so what I like about that is there's no, like, board stalls in Magic or um, Hearthstone. You know, if you both have, like, 10 creatures out, nobody really wants to attack each other because you're going to, you know, lose valuable creatures. You don't have life totals, so there's no reason you can't attack the other person. Like, it, it just, it's not part of the game. So there's really, um, you know, no reason to have a board stall. You should all, basically what I'm trying to say is you always have something to do on your turn. Like, you're never just going to sit there and do nothing. And isn't, um, it, isn't it also you get to dump your hand of yeah. one of the three? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, another thing I like about uh, this game is there's no, like, mana resource either. Um, like in Magic, you know, you have your lands that give you mana. In Hearthstone, you get, like, one extra mana every turn or whatever they call it in that game um, to play your cards. In this game, um, <clears throat> excuse me, you basically pick a house. There's one of three houses in the deck, and uh, you can play any card you have in your hand that is of that house. So if you have a six-card hand all of one house, you can play Excuse me, <laughs> every single card in your hand. And there's no backlash to that. Um, so that's, you know, really the third reason that I like this game. That um, in Magic, I'd say like 20 to 25% of games are won or lost like right off the bat. Either someone's going to get mana screwed or just mana flooded. And that is something you don't have to worry about in this game because there's no resource like mana. You just pick a house, you play your cards, and then, you know, you say, you know, your turn yeah and on paper it doesn't sound like that would be very balanced but they, they found a way to strike a balance where yeah you might unload an entire hand worth of one house's worth of cards then you draw you always draw up the six cards and you draw your new hand and you might not have any of those that the cards of that house in your new hand so now the next turn you have to choose whether you want to play the creatures that are on the board or do you want to play more creatures out of your hand yeah. Or, you know, spells and instances. It, 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 it's very balanced. Yeah. Um, I have not won yet, but I'm also not very good at card games. So, <laughs> yeah, I believe I'm what? Four for four, I think, in something, our games. Like yeah. yeah. Did, I don't know if you guys would know the answer, but did Richard Garfield work on Hearthstone? Uh, yeah, he worked. No, not. Richard I don't think Garfield. so. Somebody else from Magic worked on Artifact, but it wasn't That's, Richard Garfield. No, I think it was Richard Garfield. Was it? Yeah. I know there was, some, I know there was somebody from Magic, original Magic involved with artifact it was it was him because he's sort of he keeps floating around to different card games uh i swear he's done a few more but i'm not going to open up a google to check it out sure um i lost my opportunity to get some decks uh sarah told me that adventures guilds got a shipment in uh and told me like five minutes after they posted it online but i wasn't going to have the opportunity to go try to get any after uh, work when it happened. And uh, once again, now is like the worst time to just be blowing money on non gifts sure. and non like 
You should have just got. You should have gotten a deck for everybody who's stalking, <laughs> and then just taken them all and then unbox them on stream. Yeah, because it's fun. Yeah. Well, I've been getting more and more interested and excited the past few weeks, and I also missed the window of like adding it to my Amazon wish list for gifts because I was like, damn, I wish I could get some. But I don't know. Maybe Sarah has heard me talking about it enough that she found a way to get some, or uh, depending on how the Christmas goes. Uh, I may pick up just one of those like $120 box of 12s and then just mm -hmm. be, be fine with it because I'll open up like four or six of them and just shelve the rest for uh, an idiot's investment. Yeah, that's kind of what I did. Like I purchased four of them and we've only opened two of the four that I bought and yeah. Dan bought two himself. So we have four decks and I have two that are still sealed that I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with them. I might just hang on to them for a little bit. But Yeah, I know. I know he just walked away, but uh, I want to talk, since he doesn't really care that much about magic, I think that deck building and not being able to do that is definitely a double-edged sword where you lose the freedom of choice with your deck, mm -hmm. but you also don't have to worry about doing anything. It's the same as like wearing a uniform to work, right? You don't get to express yourself in any meaningful way and everybody looks the same well it's but... all about the flair that you add to your uniform <laughs> you know you gotta have your flair yeah but but it's also like you don't have to try to figure out what you're gonna wear the next day it's yeah. always the same thing it makes it makes things a little easier but um i also feel like i enjoy magic deck building a lot less nowadays than i did when we were playing back in high school because when we played in high school it was still early internet days proto internet and there was no such thing as net decking that didn't exist people were still getting all their information about magic besides selling cards on the new hotness that is ebay yeah um they got their information out of magazines and they just put up like maybe the occasional interesting deck or maybe like pro decks but you could sit there with your box of cards that you opened and come up with like a, a deck that had an interesting theme. And that could be a workable thing for your friends group and Friday Night Magic. But nowadays, with the proliferation of the internet, by the time the spoilers are out, people almost solved the goddamn game. Like, these are the five decks that you can play. Maybe if it's a good season, there's like 10 that are in contention. But there's very little wiggle room outside of that norm that's, you know, and I don't I don't care for it. And I had that same feeling when I was making my life gain deck because I'm sitting there and I'm like, my first compulsion here is to look up standard life gain, see an example of what cards somebody put together in theirs and copy some of them. But then I'm like, well, then I'm just, I didn't do anything myself. I literally just copied somebody else's deck. So... I don't know. I I don't enjoy deck building as much as I did because it's the internet the, kind of ruined it. Yeah, the meta the meta is too much, and it's the same. It's it, it ruined video games for me too. It wasn't just deck building games. It was yeah. you know MMORPGs are ruined for me now because there was an argument about who was the best damage dealer because there wasn't a parser that was calculating every piece of damage that came out that maximized your gear and to do everything like that. It kind of takes a lot of the fun away from experimenting and and uh, trial and error. Yeah, well, we talked about that before where um, it ruined MMOs because when, when we first started playing Final Fantasy XI, 
there's a lot in the game you didn't know. Uh, oh yeah. There was there's tons of superstitious things going on. Uh I remember gambling away a ton of money buying those stupid colored chits and then taking them to a random spot in a waterfall and getting a random item because somebody had said turns out to be true you can get these like special rune weapons and gear mm-hmm. that is interesting and i was like well that's cool but you know it was only like a handful of people that even knew about it mm-hmm. nowadays there'd be a oh yeah there is you know exactly what the odds are to get each thing and you know what what you know yeah. what the amount of money is worth investing in it and it's just i don't know it made things not quite as fun for me anymore and i feel the same way with you know magic cards too that's why i like playing you know a, a, a draft with friends or a sealed group you know with friends where the decks you don't really have a ton of time to know everything about the decks and the people you're with aren't you know you guys are more well versed than i am but you're not you know, professionals that have memorized the card list to know exactly which cards to pick. So it ends up being more fun than trying to go out and play with literally anybody else. I'm not a professional magic player. What are you talking about? Technically, I guess you are a professional magic player because you have played magic on stream and we have been paid money to stream. So that means you're a professional magic player. I'm like basically the world's best magic player. (laughs) So yeah, Key Keyforge does a lot for this. This this is an interesting topic. I'm I'm more anxious to find out if the game has legs or not, because there's only so much, so many decks do I want to go buy. Yeah, you know, I'm just gonna keep going out and buying decks and buying decks forever. Or you know, once I get one that I like, I'm good. I'll well, yeah, I mean, I think that's the struggle because you're not allowed to change the decks that you have, so you have to keep buying. Well, you see, I don't even know if the four decks we played are even good or not. Like, no. we have nothing to base it on. Um, we have to register them, and uh, then we have to start tracking our statistics, and that's where you put the chains in and whatnot. But, uh, yeah. yeah, like, uh, I don't know if there's going to be, like, Keyforge tournaments or whatever. They but, are. Um, there's there's uh, two, two different formats. There's, like, a sealed format where they just hand you mm-hmm. two packs, and you have to play with those. Or there's bring three decks and your opponent can pick one to ban. You know, they'll look at them and say, I don't want to play against that one. And then you have to play with one of the other two. Those are the two ones that they're advertising. Yeah, but if you're going to be a competitive Keyforge player, think about how many decks you have to buy to get three that are really good, you know? Yeah. And that's that's, what I'm saying. In our idea, though, is that. yeah, you, I mean, it's just like going to be a final solution. Yeah, it's just like buying booster packs, I guess. Like if you mm-hmm. buy a magic booster pack for what, four dollars, you don't know if the cards you're going to get are any good or not. Um, so, like, I really think it's more cost effective, I guess, to play this game because you spend ten dollars for a complete deck that you can play any other deck, uh, you know, any other person who has a Keyforge deck, whereas in magic. You know how much money are you going to spend oh, to yeah. get you could, a, you could buy, a competitive you could buy three magic deck? Four, what do you need to What do you need to bare minimum to put a deck together? It's already more expensive than a Keyforge deck, and you're still not even guaranteed to have a very cohesive one. Yeah, I think standard decks are running in the neighborhood of like two to five. Two would probably be really cheap, and probably something like a solid red burn, but uh, probably like five hundred bucks plus or minus a hundred is what you're looking at for standard and like the if you go into any other 
yeah it's gonna be format. much just, more expensive yeah it goes crazy for a and modern or a legacy deck I think like the legacy cards alone like the lands are like a oh, hundreds of dollars themselves so yeah but, but think, uh, yeah, uh, for five hundred dollars to make a decent, a, a good, let's say, a really good standard deck in Magic, that's fifty Keyforge decks that you could buy, and hopefully one of those is competitive. You know, I'm but sure even if it's not. I'm sure it is. I mean, you're still, you know, I mean, and that's if you're a professional player. If yeah. you're not, if you're not trying to go out and win tournaments with it, it's still way more cost effective. I mean, we could everybody go to the store and grab a new deck, and for ten bucks, you know, have a good time on a Friday night. I mean, magic is the same way too, but you're still not guaranteed to get a decent deck when you're drafting and doing sealed format. Well, all in all, the difference there is 10 bucks. Isn't really going to get you that far in magic anymore. It's that's two booster packs from Walmart. That's, that's maybe three booster packs from uh, a distributor level pricing. If anybody else can get those besides us and, uh, I guess three would buy you into a draft, but you have to get that many people. Like the three of us could just go buy these and we'd be good to go. But I I haven't played yet, so I don't know how the decks work, but I wonder if you wouldn't even really have a good idea how strong your deck is until you've either played it enough to be able to tell exactly how it runs or have studied the entire card pool yeah. enough that you could just look at the cards and you know immediately understand the interactions and how that deck is going to play because you can do that in magic after a while you do know the cards and you can immediately flip over four of them and be like this is this is going to be something that is doable or not but um i i think it would be like the deck that you choose to play especially in that format where you get three and somebody bans one you you got to know those decks you have to know exactly how that thing is going to run and play and you have to know everything about the three chosen um, houses, whatever factions yeah. of your opponent's decks, because you need to know how well what those specialties are are going to play mm-hmm. against yeah. what you. Yeah, they, they all have. They all have. The houses definitely have a flavor to them. You know, mm-hmm. they they the Mars faction we've gotten in all of our decks, and that seems to be big creatures and uh, a lot of like very creature heavy decks and then there's other factions that are way more spell i don't even know what are they called action card heavy decks yeah but all in all i'm i'm intrigued uh i'm looking forward to getting a few more people over and getting some more games going because i'm tired of losing the mechs (laughs) well bill keeps uh, asking me to come over and play but he always wants to play at like nine or ten o'clock i'm like no dude that's like way too late but uh, i do want to have like you guys over for a game night just to like play all the decks and see what happens because it's oh. a very, very low learning curve. You know, we all play Magic. We all know basically what you're supposed to do, like, uh, you know, phase-wise and what the cards do. So, it, I mean, it took us, like, half an hour, really, to figure out how to play the game. And that was one, with somebody one coaching slow, us. Yeah. One slow game and somebody knowing what they're doing can yeah. get you through, and you're, you're pretty much and now, the base down. And now we know what we're doing, so we would easily be able to teach, you know, two more players. Like, if you and Phil came over, we could easily teach you guys how to play in, like, ten minutes. Please don't let me forget, I need to talk to you guys about something important off-stream when we're done, related okay. to Keyforge and our friends group. But uh, it might also be a streamable opportunity, so 
Yeah, I we, mean, I just, we streamed it we, twice. We streamed twice and yeah. got more unique views than we normally get for anything. So yeah. it's there's definitely some interest out there. I tried to add it to the Twitch database so that we could actually have a category for it, but they nailed me for plagiarism because I just copy and pasted the description of the game <laughs> from the uh, from the website, and I guess you're not allowed to do that. Way to go. By the way, Steve, I have Our, a question for you. Um, yeah. Your glasses don't reflect your monitor like is your monitor set higher than like your field of vision take your glasses off and then set the rims on top of your uh headset yeah it it, it tilts them <laughs> at least on my monitor it tilts them enough that it doesn't yeah. do a reflection okay. no i was I, like i don't know if i need like another light source coming through my glasses this way to counteract the uh monitor but you, uh you know okay i think part of your problem is you're also further back so mm. if i went further back oh yeah we can definitely reflection see. yeah but yeah. i'm close enough yeah, that's that actually probably it. it's it's angling downwards so yeah i i can look straight up and uh, not have a <laughs> reflection do that do that for the rest of the i could i could the other way i could be like this angle them upwards instead of downwards riveting there yeah. we go. Perfect. It doesn't that work. Looks very well. real, it looks yeah, really good. I can't see anything. Make them pinch <laughs> under. <laughs> pinch them under your. Uh, your, your I just wanted to know if you had a quick fix or uh, if you had a different uh, like height. All right. Monitor. All right. It's, yeah. it's all about angles. Yeah. Moving on. The rumor mill. Uh, this section was a lot longer than I originally had it, so I gave it its own little title because I had a whole shit pile of crazy rumors. But uh, we only have two left, but we're still going to call it the rumor mill. Number one, Half-Life 3 confirmed. Bust out the champagne, it's happened. Let's Bullshit. get it, boys. Bullshit. <laughs> no, no, I already right. told you, it's it's suffering from the uh, uh, Eddie Murphy effect, where you cannot release it. It'll never be as good as they want it to, unless they just feel like getting it out so people stop asking. Well, there we go. Well, some things that aren't as far-fetched. We know that, that uh, Valve is going to make some controllers for, for VR. And now it looks like they might be getting into the actual head headgear game because there's some leaked images of a Valve branded VR helmet. And uh, there's some pretty decent sources that are saying it's going to be bundled with a Half-Life, Half-Life based game. Uh, and of course, the Internet immediately said this is definitely Half-Life 3. It has to be. What well, wouldn't it be? It's definitely not. What do you, no. you think? What do you think it's going to be? I think it's either going to be a really shitty source version VR of uh, Escape the Head Crabs or uh, that stupid fucking dune buggy that you had to drive forever in mm. was it Half-Life episode 1 or 2 where you had to just keep going from spot to spot because those fucking things on the beach would pop up those like spider looking things from yeah. uh, Starship Troopers so I think a Counter-Strike VR would be kind of cool with the way these like knuckle like hand handsets are, I guess. You could like kind of hold a gun and shoot it, I guess. Yeah, there's some there's some some games for PSVR that I've played that have gotten first-person shooters right. It, the hard part is motion because if you give people free range of motion to just do whatever they want and fling their head around, they're going to end up barfing. So you got to kind of slow them down and and uh, a lot of the, a lot of the games that are doing it right do it with teleporting, where you just kind of point where you want to move to, and then you you just warp over there instead of actually moving. I guess that wouldn't work very well for Counter Strike, but uh, you know, a Half Life game, I guess maybe. 
Yeah, I mean, there's they're definitely getting more and more creative with VR, and I was a little concerned that it was going to be a gimmick and it's going to burn out, but it looks like it might be here to stay. So I'm intrigued. I think Half Life is definitely something that could be a system seller, especially if they give people a new experience. I still feel like VR is sitting on that brink of legitimacy and novelty. Uh, I think the expense of it and how difficult it is to sell to people because it's a different type of experience. You can't just tell people how nice it is. You actually have to have them experience it to understand what it's like. Um, It's just sort of, there's a gap there of getting people on board. And when's the last time you heard anybody talk about a really, really great VR game? When's that hit the, the top this, of Kotaku or anything like that? This year, I mean, you got to kind of have your finger on the pulse of it a little bit, but there have been, I mean, Beat Saber is definitely one that comes to mind. That's one that breached out of, you know, just a VR space. Everyone, what's that lightsaber game? Did you see any videos of that? No, I have no idea what you're talking about at all. <laughs> what so game won at the Game Awards for VR? I think it was Beat Saber. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a rhythm-based game where you just have a lightsaber in each hand that is kind of like a Dance Dance Revolution slash lightsaber game, and it, it's um, supposedly really well. It just came out on PlayStation VR. I, I don't think it's in the popular minds, or not mindset. It's not in the zeitgeist of people. I mean, people will talk about PlayStation, Xbox, PC games, Switch games pretty constantly, but it's super rare that anybody ever mentions any VR game. Yeah, no, it's still, I mean, it's still definitely a niche audience and they, the companies are showing interest in it. They're pumping money into it and it's only a matter of time before there's that one big, all right, you got to have it. And it might, I mean, shit, if they bring out Half-Life 3 and it's a VR game and you have to buy this, this, you know, Valve branded VR headset to play it, people are going to do it. Yeah, that might get you into it, but it still needs staying power because I feel like that's the same. Well, path I, I think the thing is just just the same thing I was talking about. There's a lot of games out there that maybe haven't reached mainstream, like that I've you know heard just you know being in the subreddits and listening to some people that I know that are really into VR. There, I mean, there are games like Astrobot Rescue Mission and Moss and Beat Saber, and uh, there's a couple of shooting games that I can't remember escaping me right now. I know Tim played all of Resident Evil 7 in VR and loved it. It's it's um its biggest concern the biggest concern I have with it is how secluded you are in it. I never really want to I've never bought a VR cuz I never can see myself wanting to be like completely removed from my surroundings like sitting in my room here by myself and you know immersed in a world where I really like to play VR when a lot of people are over and everyone's having fun and you're handing the, the headset back and forth. And the, the time that I have to do that is few and far between. So that's no, it, the thing that I think is holding, holding it's it back. It's a true single player experience. There's no mm-hmm. couch VR. But my thought towards it is that I'm worried it's not going to wind up just being another 3D in the movies where they've tried it a couple times. Uh, 3D in the movies got really big when Avatar came out. So Avatar mm-hmm. could be our version of uh, Half-Life 3, the VR, where it suddenly gets a bunch of people on board. They're like, this is the future of entertainment. From now on, things are going to be 3D. And pretty much nothing worthwhile comes mm-hmm. out after that. And then 
it's backlash. People don't want to pay the extra five bucks to go see a VR movie when you're not really getting anything out of it. The the shit's uncomfortable and it's it's not really any different experience just playing, you know, a, a normal game. It's going to get to the... Unless they can really hook people and really refine uh, a good game that people want to play, nobody's going to want to play Assassin's Creed VR when it's easier to just plop down on a couch, play it on a controller. No, I'm, I'm with you there. It's it's definitely definitely needs still some more time and i think that the companies are putting the money and resources into continuously putting out games because this is like the last frontier graphics are only going to get so much better we got to do something else to set yourself apart in video game in the in the video game landscape and vr looks like the next thing that might do it no no it's the holodeck that's the last frontier (laughs) all right next up uh microsoft I had a really bad pun in there, but I'm not going to read it. Uh, Microsoft <laughs> might be read it might be releasing two Xboxes at the launch of the next Xbox. Uh, codename Lockhart and codename Anaconda. We might see a budget and a premium version of the Xbox right at launch. You think that's a smart idea for the launch of a console? It doesn't make sense to me why um, this budget version um, would be as powerful as an xbox one x like that just doesn't make any sense to me um you know if they're going to release the next generation you're thinking it's going to be like miles ahead of the previous one so why in the world would they give you a console that's you know exactly what i have sitting over here all signs are pointing to there not being an enormous jump in any console ever again everything is essentially just a pc now so what the thought process is, is that all the games that are going to release on the new Xbox is also going to be able to be played on the old Xbox. It's just going to look better on the new ones. Kind of like the PC is now you can keep playing your games on your PC, but if you want to get the best quality out of it, you got to upgrade. And I think that's what, that's what they're going for with this. It's like when I bought Skyrim, my computer could play it, but everything was low. And then after a couple upgrades, it got better and better. And now I could probably play it totally maxed out without any issues. Uh, it's just a different payment service because <laughs> I pay by mm-hmm. the part instead of every couple of years wholesale buying a new thing. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't, I, go ahead. I was going to say, as a non-console enthusiast, I don't have much stake into it, but uh, uh, I'm thinking about it as if I if my child was older and requested one of these things, then without knowing exactly what's going to set them apart, then it is at least nice to have like the entry version and a pro version and just have, you know, the cost price point be upfront about Mm -hmm. uh, knowing which one to get. Um, Sort of like buying a car. It's like, yeah, you could buy a car for 20,000 or you could buy a car for a hundred thousand and you know, one is going to be drastically better than the other one. So they're still both going to get you to where you want to be, though. I, I don't know. I think, I mean, if, it, if the rumors are right and the low-budget one is just as powerful as the X, I don't know why they just don't keep making the X. Like, why do you have to stop production of an old console generation? Why not just say, all right, all the games on Anaconda work on X, but they look better on Anaconda, and just keep iterating that way instead of releasing two. And then in two years, release a little bit better one. And instead of trying to convince people, 
I'd be much more likely to buy, like, say I bought an Xbox One X. I'm probably not going to buy an Anaconda or a Lockhart. But if they brought out one two years later that was a little bit better, I'd probably buy that. I mean, it's it, it's more likely to to upgrade on an every other cycle than in, to upgrade everyone. So I don't know. I don't know if bringing out two SKUs is the greatest idea for them, but Microsoft seems to be making all the right noise. This doesn't even take it into account the discless version that they're coming out with next year and that they're going to have a all streaming platform where you're going to be able to play these games on your smartphone with a controller attached to it. So, I mean, there are going to be a lot of ways to play the next Xbox game. So we'll see. Holiday 2020 is the targeted quote-unquote release date, allegedly. Well, do you so think we'll they're see. doing this to... Um keep up with the ps5 that is definitely coming in 2020 my uncle told me did your uncle tell you yeah i mean if you if you have it locked hard then uh tim needs to come back on and pay up because he's convinced we're gonna have these by next year yeah but um no ps5 i'm interested to see if ps5 follows suit if they're all gonna be every game that comes out for the ps5 is also playable on the ps4 We'll see. The next console generation is going to be interesting, to say the least. You guys got to get on the level of PC. Every year there's a new graphics card. (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) I have a GTX 1080 in this right now, and I don't utilize it to the best of its ability. That's old as shit. We're up to the the 2080. 2080. It's like double. (laughs) Yeah, you fucking might as well be running it with a hand crank. RTX, man. RTX on. All right, do you care? First up, everybody, and I mean everybody, is suing Fortnite. Do you guys care? I just think it's interesting that we were talking about this before, and and I know you just rolled your eyes because you don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I, I, if you look at our, our run of show right now, I put in parentheses, please say no. I've, just, I I've been doing so much research on this, and I just don't care about it anymore. No, I, I don't care about Fortnite doing it. Just to me, I'm enjoying the legal aspect of people suing for their dance moves, which I'm relatively ambivalent about, but it's not anything I had heard before. Mm-hmm. So I'm just interested to watch it and see where it goes. Kind of like, uh, not that I'm scared of it because I don't dance or give a shit, but kind of like how they kept putting copyrights on Happy Birthday and for however long you couldn't say it or people would... F- you know, come after you for royalties until mm-hmm. somebody backtracked and sued back and got it got it taken care of. But is it going to be like, oh shit, I'm putting one foot in front of the other and now I owe somebody royalties? So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, mean, the, um, that's the interesting thing. Like, what legal precedent is going to happen out of this? If, you know, if this ends up going to court, doesn't get settled out of court, we're going to have a legal precedent. You know, this is the amount of money that somebody got when they sued somebody for their dance moves. Well, that's and, the thing. I think um, we're talking about, you know, the Carlton dance uh, being in Fortnite and he's suing over, you know, its inclusion, but it's been included in at least 10 other games, you know, popular games. Um, but I think he's specifically mad at Fortnite because they're charging people to get access it, to yeah. this dance. He's and I believe specifically mad like, at Fortnite because they they have the most money. Yeah, I mean, it, he could just be yeah going after the money because it's the popular thing right now. Well, um, it's it's also that how many of those games did nobody really give that much of a shit about? But currently, Fortnite being so you know popular, there's kids 
all over the place that are just doing the dances. Like, I mean, it, their, it's not like school. those games were not popular. Like, WoW had yeah. it in it. Um, I forget, like, the list of games, but, like, they were recent oh, popular games. NBA games and Forza. I don't. I saw that Forza was in there. Yeah, How the hell Forza. is the driving game having? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but, like, I think um, Just Cause or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, Honest, uh, honestly, I think I go back and forth because it it might just be money grubbing. It might just be you know for they you know they have so much money and we can go after them. But the other side of the coin is people are starting to call all these things Fortnite dances. They're not the Carlton anymore. It's that dance from Fortnite, and that's where it maybe can start to become dangerous to an intellectual property holder, where you're not even getting the benefit of it being popular anymore. You've now lost it. People with people now associate it with Fortnite. So I, I want to just make fun of this right away. I want to say, ah, you're, you're just suing for dancing. But all in all, it, it actually might be more important than it looks on paper. So I think if I thought about this a different way, I would angle it towards more in Carlton's favor, where it's like, uh, I'm a big fan of Monty Python. And, you know, their famous thing, the uh, the Silly Walks. Ministry of Silly Walks. Yeah, yeah. Now, if they put that in the game, and then the people who hold the rights to Monty Python suit, I'd be like, well, yeah, that was, that was their thing. They developed mm-hmm. that, and it should at least be you know, credited or have gotten some sort of blessing or whatever the deal is. Um, but I also wonder how slippery the slope is. Like, sp- they specifically call out dancing and dance moves as something that you can put under copyright. But could you wind up in a situation where uh, entertainment acts like Pratt Falls fall under that? Like, if I fall backwards in my chair and my headphones fly off, uh, and I make that some sort of odd trademark game identifier. Yeah, is is that a signature move that I could develop? And then yes. next time, please do it. Oh, yeah. Every five minutes, just do it. <laughs> but I mean, Chevy Chase was known for Pratt Falls and shit like that. So yeah, uh, it's like uh, I don't it's... think there's. I think I think dance moves are specifically specifically called out for. But I, I wonder how far this might go in a fringe aspect. It's it's it'll be interesting to see if Epic lets this go to litigation. I can see them just throwing some money, saying go away. Uh, I, think... I, I don't think that anybody in the gaming in space wants a legal precedent set, because yeah. then you know, especially if they're going to retroactively start going after people, you I, know. I think the natural course would be to to challenge it immediately to see if they're serious or just sort of sit on it, and then uh, when it gets close to becoming a thing uh settle and delete mm-hmm. all right well topic two on do you care steam announced the steam awards 2018 nominees do you care um i don't pay much attention to the steam awards but when you showed me this list um it is kind of helpful because it makes a nice shopping list of, mm-hmm. of things that they're popular enough that I should be interested because if I'm not mistaken, all of these are nominated by all of us, right? That's yeah, I believe. Created. And mm-hmm. it's, it definitely seems like that because another thing I like about it is it's things that are relatively popular in the current zeitgeist, zeitgeist without being things specifically from this year. Because I was looking at the uh, 
nominations for labor of love and i saw dota 2 grand theft auto no man's sky path of exile and stardew valley and if i'm not mistaken none of those came out this year uh, i think stardew mm-hmm. valley is is over a year old now so that's really helpful because uh i if i hadn't already owned no man's sky i may have still believed that that was a pile of shit but mm-hmm. it did a huge turnaround and so if i wasn't looking at it currently or before i might look at it and investigate it again um so i do actually find some of these really interesting and some of them well actually i own probably like half of these games <laughs> well like, if, you don't, if you don't own subnautica yet you can head over to the epic game store and download it free until december 27th no thanks i'll buy it for two dollars in like three years <laughs> i actually look no at i mean yeah, I, I actually, I haven't played it yet, but I did download the Epic Store. I'm not as married to Steam as you are, so if they're going to give me free games, I'm all about it. Meh. Max, anything in here catch your fancy? Um, <clears throat> no. <laughs> all right, uh, I'm, not doing, I'm not doing a lot of computer gaming at the moment, so no. All right, I'm going to come out of Do You Care because our next topic is really only thing, something I can talk about. Yeah, uh, I don't know so anything about that. Dreams out of, beta. Out of Do you care, yeah, the Dreams beta is here um, after many, many years of us waiting and not even thinking it was a real thing anymore. We should see some Dreams levels get created soon, so stay tuned for that. So the the bigger topic of the evening is is Capcom and the controversy that they have brought upon themselves by introducing advertisements into Street Fighter V. Uh, they were added last week on fighters' costumes in the loading screen and in the background of stages. They are only for Capcom IP, like they're for you know buy these skins for this game and things like that. They haven't gone to the point where they've reached out to Doritos and now Ken has a big Dorito logo tattooed on his gi. Yeah, he's got a Mountain but, Dew logo across his ass. Uh, with, with, without reading the exact quote, it, it, it sounds like they're not going to get rid of them, even though the fans are mad about them. So it poses a question, what amount of ads are you okay with being in your games? And would you be mad if you were a Street Fighter player, if this was happening? Uh, I think Ryan and I have different opinions on this from our little early talk, but I think uh, you have to specify by what the game type is. So I'm pretty used to being absolutely bombarded with ads with whatever generic mobile game I've picked up at the, uh, the, the time. But usually you pay money to remove ads because they're all free mm-hmm. games for the most part. Uh, I would not pay any amount of money for a mobile game that was still going to offer me ads uh, unless... I don't know. Some sometimes I still do that for very specific bonuses, but even then I'd be really weary about it. As for any sort of PC console game, anything like that, um I don't tolerate ads at all unless it it played out in a similar fashion. Like if they gave me that game for free and there were ads in it, sure, whatever. But if I paid pretty much any amount of money for a game, I don't want to see ads in there. Uh, no, I, yeah, I would. I know, I know, Max. You you have a similar sentiment, but I, I'll just say that right there. Hey, thanks for the bet. 
that those um, bits were received by cheering or yeah. by uh, watching uh by watching ads so yeah, if there's a benefit ads. i'll watch some ads so go ahead max what, what's yeah your i mean list? um i'm all for watching ads um if they give me any benefit at all i will do it in like a mobile game for sure um I specifically like to play these idle games where, like, you can turn your phone off and come back in, like, three days and, you know, you'll have your incremental, you know, you're getting better and better slowly. Um, so, like, if I have to watch an ad to get a 2x bonus to whatever I'm doing, I'll do that in a heartbeat. Um, as for, like, Street Fighter Five in particular, Dan, I don't know if you know, like, the answer to this. Um, but it says like in loading screens and in the background of stages. Does that mean like there's moving ads in the backgrounds, or is it just like I don't know about motion per se, but there are definitely like still advertisements playing I mean, on like billboards and stuff in the background. I think that's totally fine. Uh, like yeah. if there was a a Street Fighter like six coming soon ad in the background of Street Fighter Five in motion, then I mm-hmm. would think that that would be a huge issue. But, I mean, I don't see, I mean, I can see how other people would be upset, but for me personally, like, it's not something I would be focused on, so, like, I wouldn't even really care. And I probably wouldn't even really notice, unless they're mm-hmm. really shoving it down your throat. And they, and, they, and you can turn it off. That's the one thing that uh, I think people would be less pissy about this if it was something you could turn on, instead of something that you have to turn off. But, I, th- um, I think people get annoyed with it because it's that slippery slope argument of, you know, once you start going down that path, it's really hard to pull back from it. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing as um, the you scan checkout at the grocery store. They always start by putting in like four and then immediately people start using it. And even if they have complaints, they're like, well, there's always people there. So we're going to up it to eight and we're going to up it to 16. And, you know, I think that if the ads become at all tolerated, they'll slowly start expanding. Oh my it. god! Yeah. And then, of course, uh, and then you know, once once it gets to the point where people are used to it, they're like, "Well, hey, people don't mind ads for our game. What about our other IPs?" Uh, and then after that, it's like, "Well, now they're going to offer us a bunch of money to shill for Doritos or whatever else." And you can easily see it kind of slipping into some nasty territory, but. I mean, I can I can lead you down this this path and and show you exactly where we're going to end up because it already happened once before and it goes by the name of a little something called horse armor. You guys remember this? I did. Skyrim. There was there was huge backlash. Yeah, it was a it was you could buy money. It was was it, it wasn't Skyrim. It was uh, Morrowind, right? No, uh, I think it was Skyrim. Uh, it was one of the Elder Scrolls games. And you could buy with real world money armor for your horse, and everybody lost their fucking mind. Oh my god, horse armor this, horse armor that. Why would you pay money? I bought the game. I shouldn't have to pay extra money for my horse armor. And now the biggest game in the world right now is being praised because it only monetizes its cosmetics. Because we've slowly let it creep in, and now not only do people want to buy cosmetics, it's now the accepted like that you get people get cheered for it and i can see the same exact thing happening where ads will get bad worse 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 we'll find a balance somewhere and then that's just going to be the way things are every game from here on out has like this level of ads in it just the same way everyone's trying to pack in cosmetic dlc ryan how much did you pay for final fantasy was it 15 or 14 
the one the, with the the newest one. The, yeah, uh, it was probably sixty dollars, I would imagine. So, by the way, I yeah. added an ad onto OBS. You should look at it. <laughs> onto our now, overlay. When you would drive around in that game, do you run out of gas? Uh, no, I don't think. Uh, yes, you do. I think you do have to like go to gas stations and stuff. Now, how how much would you have tolerated it if you paid sixty bucks for that game? And every time, now they'd probably tweak it so you run out of gas. Actually, I, I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I don't. I don't Either remember. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. So, so what if the option was, hey, you can watch this this current ad like a YouTube ad for five to ten seconds, and we'll we'll kick in some more gas. How happy would you be if there was real ads in the game that you bought and paid for? Because you know... If, if they gave me a benefit, I would watch them. But what if the benefit was only an annoyance that they put in to force you to watch the ad? Yeah, because that's all mobile games are. Remember, they always put in, like, uh, the the monetary amounts that you need for things always go up in a geometric rate, so you eventually have to, to buy or spend, like, years worth of time accumulating shit. Mm -hmm. Or they put an energy system where you can only... Yeah, run, play a certain run a dungeon so many times yeah. and you can always do an ad and get that back or yeah. you finish a dungeon and they're like "Ooh, if you watch this ad they'll double it up but i i tolerate that stuff because i know all those games are junk and i'm just playing it because i'm sitting on the couch or waiting in line but if i paid money for that fucking game you can take your ads and shove them up your ass i gave you your money i'm trying to think like how many Ultra Balls would I have to get for free to watch an ad in Pokemon Let's Go? <laughs> this this is what I'm trying to think, you know? Like, if they gave me 100 Ultra Balls for free, I didn't have to pay for them, like, in the game. I would totally watch a 10-second ad for that. Like, I, I would do it in a heartbeat. Just because no, no, it's we've, a time we've already got We've already gotten here, because we've, we've come to the point now where in-game currencies and microtransactions and all this bullshit are just commonplace in video games. Now this is the next step. People are pissed off that they have to spend real world money. Well, how else can we get money out of them? We'll give them a little bit of currency if they watch a video. It's it's gonna it's gonna spread like wildfire. This is just the first of many games that we're gonna see with this in it. This doesn't seem that bad, and uh, I think it's only gonna get worse from here. I I want to I want to see how it plays out on a longer term scale because. Uh, we couldn't stop microtransactions from happening, but there was enough of a backlash to prevent uh, pay-to-win. People don't tolerate pay-to-win. And if the game does have that, it loses enough of its audience that you know it's not going to become super mainstream anymore. So the market, even though we don't like it, it did self-regulate. A little and, bit. Yeah, and I wonder how that might play out for ads. So yeah, I think I don't like the idea that Cap Capcom has it, but it depends on what else they start putting them into, into how much we tolerate it. Because if you put them into like uh, maybe an A minus or a B game, I could see people just losing interest and not not following it. But if you mm -hmm. stuck ads in like a, a Skyrim, Fallout, some sort of you know high profile game you're not going to stop people from playing that there's just going to be a shitload of heat because people don't want that feature in the game that they bought and they they paid for well like uh, you I said still... before with the mobile games people can pay like two or three dollars to remove the ads from that game yeah. so would you pay like 65 dollars 
instead of $60 to get an ad-free game, but you still get, you know, whatever their bonuses or whatever, if you so watch that if, ad. So basically it's, you can buy the base game with ads or buy the ad-free DLC. Right. It's exactly um, the same way, yeah. Yeah, man, you, you just, uh, we should, we, we're cutting this part out of the show because we don't <laughs> want to give people any ideas, but that, that sounds like something that if it isn't already in the works, it yes. most definitely is. I mean, so look at is... what look at what Assassin's Creed did, where you could buy the game for sixty bucks and you got XP slow as balls, or you could buy the game for seventy bucks and get double XP all the time, and you could level up faster. I mean, it's just yeah. So this they're, is... they're trying to squeeze every little bit of money out of the games. Yeah, this is a difficult proposition because the price of games has not moved up through time; mm-hmm. it hasn't caught up. So you can really only ask for about. 60 maybe 70 bucks for a brand new game and depending on what environment you're in that goes down really quickly so you're really making your money out of additional dlc which let's be honest here is almost always shit that they worked on at the same time and they chunked off to the side so that they could get some more money out of it because mm-hmm. you, you basically can't live off of the sales from your game anymore and I mean, we sort of understand and tolerate that, or you have to put in microtransactions and hope that people are feeling charitable enough to to buy your stuff. That's how um, uh, Path of Exile works. It's a free game, but they live off of the microtransactions to buy cosmetics, mm-hmm. and people are fine with that. They're, yeah. They accept that. I mean, it's that. just like Dota 2. It's the exact but, same thing. You know, I still think there's that barrier there, but if you're going to buy a new game for that like 40 to $60 mark, you don't want to see that kind of stuff in it. And I'm sure people, if it was big enough, they would buy a DLC to remove it or whatever else. And like, I understand it's, it's tough to be a developer, especially if you're trying to get like any bit of money for your game. Um, and that was a way to do it, I guess, but the climate isn't right for it right now. If you, if some if somebody put out like a, a Terraria two or Stardew Valley two with ads, it would make a huge splash on Kutaku for being really bold and brazen, and then followed by the enormous amount of heat that it got, and it would just flounder and fail. Yeah, I mean it's. I think that this is getting the press that it's getting, because it's the first time that ads ads have been in games since. I mean shit. I, the, I, just the first one that came to mind was Crazy Taxi. He used to pick people up at Pizza Hut and take them to the well, mall I'm, and I'm shit like that. I'm trying to think like, like any sports game is going to have ads. Oh, yeah, most, like most look definitely. at the boards in a hockey game. Like there's ads mm-hmm. all around it. Yeah, like, we accept that, that it, because we're used to having ads in the thing yeah, it's based off of. Yeah, you accept those because it actually fits thematically, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when you go to a sports stadium, you expect to see ads. So it doesn't do any good for the game company that could actually legitimately use that ad space in their game to just make up a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, companies. I guess my issue is I would have to see what the ads look like in Street Fighter Five to really <laughs> make a judgment for it. Because I, if it's just like something, a loading screen, like who cares? Like really, who yeah. cares? A loading screen would be mildly annoying, but I could definitely see if I was playing like, you know, a Mortal Kombat or something and or imagine you're playing uh smash brothers and in the background there's just a billboard that flips between like three different hats with a like two dollars for this stupid crown and then it flips and it's like 
three bucks for this wand. I can mm-hmm. see how people would just get really annoyed after a while because you're just shoving. That's another way to shove microtransactions down your throat. And even if it's passive and in the background, you're still picking up on it and you're still like, fuck off. You know, mm-hmm. leave that to leave that to me to go find and look for. Definitely. How so? This is a, a little bit strange, but how how would you put ads in Skyrim? Because you said you brought up bringing ads into Skyrim, and I want to know what ads in Skyrim look like. I think they uh, would be um, on the bottom of your shoes, so when you're walking in the snow, you can turn around and see like the Nike brand in the snow <laughs> in your footprints. I like it. I yeah. like it. Uh, if you were going to do a game like that, there's only two ways you could do it, and that would be either the ridiculous way, which would be like, oh, I crafted this armor, but if I put the North Face logo on it, <laughs> it's it gets yeah. like plus one to cold resistance. I can see or that. Whatever. Yeah, but um, it would it would more fall in line with how they get you in mobile games, where it'd be like, oop, watch, watch an ad. You can only go into like three dungeons until you run out of uh, dragon energy. You want to refill your dragon energy? You just watch the ad. You're good to go. You get or, four Facebook friends to like this video. Yeah, yeah or or they'll give you a weapon that's like. You know, this is a wand of fireballs. You get ten fireballs. You want to recharge it? You guess guess how you recharge this wand? You know, it's, <laughs> they'll just they'll bleed you dry for convenience things, and it wouldn't be that's integrated that's into the game. that right there is the exact thing that I don't want to see happen in video games is where they start planning annoyances that can be overcome with microtransactions or ad watching, and I think that's going to lead to the downfall of video games i mean that that honestly could be that that could lead to the end of it because if if i didn't have as much fun like i'm very selective in the video games i play i play games that are fun to me and if you like i didn't play assassin's creed because it was too grindy and i knew that they had a a system that i could make it better so i like in the back of my mind i'm like they made this harder on purpose so that I would spend 10 bucks and then I just gave up on it immediately. So I, I really don't want to see that happen. So through this entire conversation, I went from eh, my ads aren't so bad to being very mad about them. So uh, yeah, and I hopefully think, they burn in hell. I think the people who are really vocal about even these minor and dumb ads have those same thoughts and feelings, which is why we're getting kickback from it. And I hope that it gets bad enough that they come back on it because if there's any sort of tolerance or allowance like uh if there's too many ryans in the world that are just like any bonus any bonus and i will do it uh it's gonna send you down a bad way who knows you might see a game night now ad in the next smash brothers game you never know (laughs) if it's off your uh, browsing history all right well let's go to a little bit more cheery of a topic to close the show out Christmas is less than a week away. I hope you guys have your Christmas shopping done yet because I was at the mall last night and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it still wasn't a place I wanted to be. Yeah, uh, I had to what? buy all my gifts Friday after we got paid. So they, <laughs> they got here within like the past three, two or three days. They've been trickling in. Uh, there I think you go. We're, we're short like two, but there are people that are in a different state. So we're like, oh, these ones are just going to be a little late. Sorry. There you go. That's perfectly acceptable. But... Uh, you know, what was your favorite or what was the most memorable gaming gift you ever received for Christmas? Max, you got one? Um, 
probably if we're going like off when we were younger, probably a PlayStation One, just because I spent so much time playing PlayStation One. And like all the Final Fantasy games and stuff that I played on that, that it's probably probably PS One. Good, good, yeah. Steve, you got one? Yeah, I'm gonna second the PS One. Uh, I remember just absolutely inundating my mom for like, you have to buy this for me. You have to buy this for me. And I wasn't going to be at home on Christmas morning. We were going uh, up north to visit our family and sleeping over. And I bothered her about it so much that I was like, look. I know you got it for me, so if you just give it to me a little er- a little bit early, uh, I can have it for Christmas Day, and I think, now that I have a kid, I think I just wore her out so much, she was like, just fucking take it, so <laughs> I had it on, like, the night before Christmas, uh, or Christmas Eve, I was just upstairs playing on this, like, two-inch TV that I had hooked it up to, and I was playing Final Fantasy VII. Uh, I, I have to default to that, because that was the first game console that was just for me. Uh, my brother and I like sort of co-opened a Genesis and a uh, Super Nintendo way back in the day. So that was for us, even though I inherited and played the shit out of them. But the PlayStation was for me. Mm-hmm. And that was more of the like formative years of gaming after that. Yeah. Well, mine mine actually is that same exact Christmas, uh, I think. It's either that or the year after. I did not get a Nintendo 64 for Christmas. I remember being, you know, a little upset, but I didn't get a Super Nintendo until really late in the Super Nintendo's life cycle. I had an an NES that was a hand-me-down from my cousin. Mm -hmm. And then that broke like a month before the Super Nintendo came out. And you didn't know stuff back then. Like you didn't know things were coming. There was just crazy stuff that was happening over in Japan. And eventually it would get here. But I asked my parents for another NES. So they bought me an NES and then the Super Nintendo came out like two months later and they weren't buying me another game console. So I was stuck with my NES for almost the entire lifespan of the Super Nintendo. So then the 64, I had just gotten the Super Nintendo, so they weren't buying me a 64, but I did get Mario RPG, uh, which was a very late Super Nintendo game and a very excellent Super Nintendo game. And I remember, you know, all my friends at school talking about, you know, their, their Nintendo 64s and playing Mario 64 and... I was able to show them, I brought in the Nintendo Power and showed them pictures of Super Mario RPG. And that game, for being a Super Nintendo game, was a very pretty game. And uh, I definitely, it was my first big RPG too. So it was that was definitely my best Christmas memory. That game was beautiful. And it actually still holds up fairly well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I think that was one of the actual few RPGs I've ever beaten. Uh, I have a really bad habit of getting sidetracked with something else or getting annoyed at something and not finishing RPGs, but playing them for like hundreds of hours. So uh, I, I definitely did beat the normal version of that, but there is an optional boss that's really fucking hardcore. And I don't think I did that one. I, I did beat, I can't remember. I know what you're talking about. You can get like legendary weapons, like a legendary Bowser yep. armor, and then a, like a super powerful Mario weapon. The Bowser weapon or Bowser armor makes you take one damage, mm-hmm. no matter what hits you. So I ended up did I did end up hundred percenting that game because I you know looked it up online later on playing on an emulator how to get that armor and how to get Mario's weapon and it was just load up on Phoenix Downs. I don't know what the hell they were called in that game. 
So yeah. Bowser, everybody would die except Bowser. I'd use Bowser's turn to raise Mario up, Mario's turn to use his big weapon, and then Mario would die, and then I'd just rinse and repeat until I ended up beating the game. Yeah, uh, that was that was back in the day where if you wanted a, a guide, you were buying the magazine, the, the Prima mm-hmm. Strategy Guide, which I, it's one of those things where I haven't bought one of those in forever, but they recently went out of business, and you get that tinge of like, oh, damn, they're gone. You know, well, I, this was before we started doing this show, but uh, Prima, I think it was Prima, is the last one that's still around, and they are officially closing their doors. They're keeping I a just, skeleton crew on. and I just said that. Is that what you just said? <laughs> yes. I, w- I was looking at a text message, sorry. I, I'm very aware. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, the, it's, it's the same as Toys R Us. I haven't been in one in like 10 years, and they're like, they're closing. I was like, oh, that sucks. And then I was like... No, actually, fuck them. Like, all their stuff was way too expensive, and I only ever bought, like, three things from a Toys R Us. Now, they're reopening them under the name Jeffrey's Toy Box. So, look forward at a store near you. Somebody bought their crap. All right. Well, I think that's all the topics we have tonight. Uh, Thanks for watching. You can catch us here every Wednesday on twitch.tv slash game night now. You can catch our video. uh, Eight o'clock. What did I say? Eight o'clock? You didn't say anything. I'm telling you what time we start. I was on a roll there. It sounded really good. Sorry, uh, redo it. We'll we'll cut that out. Uh... No. (laughs) You can catch our video archive over on YouTube. Search Game Night Now. We're also on Spotify. iTunes caught a little bit of a hang-up because I can't figure out how to work their goddamn interface. So uh, (laughs) until next time, I'm Dan with Mex and Steve. Good night. Yep. Have a good Christmas. Bye.